0: Welcome to Everything Nonprofit, a podcast where we reveal the secrets, tips, and tricks for leading a nonprofit. My name is Carmen.
1: And I'm Kayla. As nonprofit founders, we know firsthand how challenging and overwhelming it can be to build a nonprofit from the ground up. This is a podcast for nonprofit executives by nonprofit executives. If you need advice on starting your own nonprofit organization, or are looking to expand your knowledge of nonprofit operations, stay tuned.
0: Welcome to another episode of Everything Nonprofit. Today, we have a special guest who brings a unique perspective to the table. Typically, on a podcast, we bring guests on to talk about conventional nonprofit topics like legal fundraising, and grant writing. Today's conversation with Dave Norris takes a captivating turn as we explore how AI or artificial intelligence can be harnessed to advance the mission of these organizations.
1: Dave is a seasoned professional with a wealth of development and marketing experience. With over a decade of industry expertise, Dave has honed his skill through various roles, including lead developer, CEO of a digital marketing agency and CTO of a nonprofit tech startup. In 2017, he built his first machine learning project. Currently, Dave serves as the CEO of Proofact and BoldCrow. Proofpact generates social proof, creates meaningful digital user experiences, and is implementing the responsible use of AI for nonprofits. He and Bold Crow have developed a robust platform that accelerates the creation of customized AI agents, empowering businesses and nonprofits alike to enhance experiences, efficiency, and operations. It's so great to
0: have you join us, Dave.
2: Thanks, Kayla. Thanks, Carmen. Glad to be here.
0: Dave, I'm going to start with a more general question. In the rapidly evolving landscape of AI, terms like ChatGPT and BART, have gained significant popularity. It wasn't until recently that I discovered AI's presence in nonprofit organizations. Could you provide some insights into the distinctions between the utilization of AI in nonprofits and for-profit companies?
2: Sure, that's a good one. And I would start by saying that it's not that much different as far as practice goes, but I think as far as implementation is concerned, That's different from company to company, organization to organization. And as you look to implement AI for your nonprofit, it should be under the guise of understanding what is going on behind the scenes and understanding what you want the outcome of the implementation to be. And so what that does not look like is... A large overarching framework or a large policy, but rather an individual or a group of individuals' understanding of how each other are going to use it and what tools you're going to use and maybe how you're not going to use those tools as well. So, kind of a generalized answer, but I think that's the best way to answer that because it really does look different from nonprofit to nonprofit to for profit to for profit.
1: No, that makes total sense. And we can get a little bit more into the details. Can you tell us in what ways nonprofit organizations can harness the power of AI to enhance their operations and amplify their impact?
2: Yeah, I think that exploring something like ChatGPT, whether it's free or paid, paid gives you access to the juicy little things like plugins and things of that nature, and, and maybe speedier models. But it's good to explore how individuals might use something like ChatGPT with the guide rails of something like an internal policy that says, hey, we don't put donor data into ChatGPT, we don't put personally identifying information into the ChatGPT, et cetera, but using it for things like summarization and, you know, quickly getting to the nuts and bolts of what some larger content pieces might be, it can really speed up your day if you're using it a lot. Now, I would say that ChatGPT is a tool for individuals. It it is not a system-wide or organization-wide tool. Or in other words, you're not going to say like, hey, everybody come with me. Let's go use ChatGPT. Rather, you're going to have more so, let's say a system of record or a dedicated tool that is using AI to do specific things that your nonprofit needs it to do. And that could be things like donor management, volunteer management. You know, you can have things like, interview questions being pulled up with something like generative AI. But again, that is a safer place for data to exist that is personal data or data that you just wouldn't feed into chat GPT.
0: And continuing on the topics that you just spoke about, Dave, on donor and volunteer management, fundraising, how can AI specifically assist in these areas?
2: That's a good question. And it really runs the gamut. I think taking donor management, for example, you can analyze a ton of data with an AI tool. You can you know, obviously run summarizations, run calculations. You can query a database with natural language. One of the things that I am particularly interested in and things that we're building are ways that you can make data more accessible across the organization. So you can say things in natural language and get a response back from the database. That might not sound like much, but those of you who are actively doing that day-to-day know that before AI existed or or before these large language models uh, were in play, you were reliant on somebody who knew how to write SQL queries and could formulate these reports and format those reports in a way that you could digest and consume. Now, if anybody can ask a question essentially in natural language and get a response back from the database that's really powerful
1: so i have a a follow-up question about that (laughs) i actually experienced some of this in my day-to-day trying to pull data out of databases sql we actually use a lot of power bi and that involves Mm -hmm. you have to hook into the database and i think More than anything else, that is sometimes the technical challenge, right? SQL aside or the ability to use Power BI aside, is it equally challenging with an AI tool to hook up to a database or is it somehow easier? Do you need specialization in someone to be able to do that?
2: That is where the quote unquote tool and implementation process comes into play. I wouldn't say that it's difficult. But I would say that is where you still need an expert in one of those tools. And even if it's a spreadsheet, too, just getting that data exported and then dumped into the system that can now can view that data, manipulate that data and potentially delete that data. But that's I'd say you still need an expert to do that.
1: Okay, great. Thank you. So, let's talk about how nonprofit organizations can ensure that their AI algorithms use fair and unbiased. Let's say this is something mm-hmm. that that there's a lot of conversation around, right? Potential biases in AI. So, how can organizations ensure that they're avoiding those things, especially with dealing with sensitive information such as donor privacy information?
2: Yeah, so that is where I would suggest if you're dealing with private information, personal data, that you do not put that into something like ChatGPT. You can guide ChatGPT with essentially like a a few shot prompt, in other words, where you're prompting it either within the same prompt, you have sections and you're kind of guiding it, or you are doing it in a chain of conversation. You can guide ChatGPT to be less biased, but it's a generative AI and you're still going to run into some issues just going straight to ChatGPT. If you have a custom solution. You can put more guide rails around it and have those guide rails be present in every single, let's say input to where the response is now guided each time. ChatGPT has memory and it goes back and the farther back that it goes, the more that it loses. Or potentially loses. And so all of a sudden you're ending up, you know, you as the user are sort of in this swing where you're all of a sudden finding yourself in conversation with more bias than what you started with. And then you have to start this over and copy paste your original prompt and things of that nature. So it is something that you have to watch for. I would say that even when you're using a tool that has guide rails around it, you still have to be mindful. It is still generative AI. You are not going to get a perfect response. A lot of times this is a draft that you're working with and you should know that it's a draft. You know, we're taking into consideration things like donor appeals. You still need to make sure, again, you're not doing those through ChatGPT because that would require you to put sensitive information into ChatGPT, but you still need to be careful and mindful of the fact that it's generative AI on the other end and it requires a human input at all times. So what I like to say is that AI is meant to augment human capacity not meant to replace it.
1: So my follow up question to that would be if you are being, you know, mindful and careful with stuff like this, with with AI and potential biases, what should people be looking for because I think sometimes those biases aren't necessarily in black and white. It might look perfectly fine up front, but you know, maybe there's something behind the scenes that you're not seeing. Do you have any advice for red flags to look out for or anything that might tip off that maybe there's a bias in this?
2: I mean, as humans, when we write things, there's sometimes inherent bias that we don't notice too. Mm -hmm. And that's just going to be the case no matter what. But I think that as far as red flags are concerned, I think it comes down to knowing your community, knowing how your brand as a nonprofit communicates with your community today, knowing where the sensitive areas are, I believe that knowing those things, having those in guide rails are up front are a good thing. Having those in your mental knowledge base, as far as when you're reading and reviewing and editing, what is the output from a generative AI large language model, you are then in a pretty good place. I mean, it's a screening that takes place.
0: I completely agree. And I actually took an unconscious bias training for a company that I recently joined last week. It definitely made me more aware of my mental shortcuts and judgments that I didn't even know exist before. So thanks for bringing that up, Dave. And Dave, can you expand what you said earlier on the specific factors organizations should take into consideration to ensure responsible and ethical use of AI? If there is anything else besides not putting sensitive data and information on the web?
2: I'd say... As an overarching answer to that, again, comes down to knowing your community and how they would want to be communicated with, it still comes down to providing a good user experience. Because what we're talking about, if you're, let's say, using this internally, the result is that you are providing your community with this tool indirectly. If you're obviously providing it to them as some sort of interface that they are interacting with through, let's say, a chat system, that is obviously, now it's a direct you know, implementation. and I think that when it comes to ethical use, you just have to, you know, there's there's certain things that our generative AI is just not ready for yet. And that's things like legal advice, medical advice. You know, legal advice is one where we've seen in the past week, I think, allegedly, OpenAI has been uh, sued for defamation of character. And it's because ChatGPT was spitting out incorrect information about an individual about their legal status. So, you know, I, I think that as far as implementation is concerned, there's there's a lot to be looked at ethically. But if you are in a good place doing it for the right reasons, the right objectives in mind, I think that's a very good start.
1: What about some potential risks and challenges that might be unique to nonprofits um, when they're trying to adopt AI techniques? Can you talk about those and how a nonprofit might mitigate those risks?
2: The current status, I will say, nonprofits is timid when it comes to AI, just largely across the board. And that's not necessarily even nonprofits. That's, I mean, I found myself timid at times personally, um, thinking through sort of cause and effect style, you know, what if type of questions, and you can really go down a, a rabbit hole and end up in a place that's not extremely relevant to where things actually are today. And so I think that, you know, some of those risks I think, can be mitigated just by the idea that you get to know you know, how large language models work, what is actually happening, generatively speaking, uh, when these models are returning an answer, and how they're doing it. And I think that once you understand what's going on, you know, there's, there's two sides to this camp, I suppose. And one is, one thinks that we're already with something like the GPT-4 models very close to AGI, which is artificial general intelligence. And uh, the other camp says that we are nowhere close. And, you know, as far as reasoning and, and what these models are capable of. But again, it, it's with good intentions, I think that AI can be used for a lot of good and do a lot of good. And realizing when to pull back and when you probably shouldn't be doing something, I think is the other maybe tricky part because you can get really going and generate a lot of content and not necessarily become lazy, but become satisfied with the output. You have to realize that you know, that might not always be the best thing to just copy-paste.
1: This podcast is proudly brought to you by Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers. Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers helps impactful, non-for-profit organizations achieve their objectives by connecting them with skillful project managers who can aid them in crystallizing their visions, leading project teams, and deconstructing their goals into achievable milestones. This service is absolutely free. It can help your nonprofit organization get the extra help it needs so you can spend more time making a difference in the world and less time on administration. Fill out the form in our show notes to request the assistance of a thoroughly vetted project manager 100% free of charge. No gimmicks, no catches, just
0: one nonprofit helping another. So Dave, earlier you spoke about how organizations are timid about the whole AI revolution. I think this is an excellent segue to introduce the company that you're currently serving as a CEO, Proof Pact, to see how it can help nonprofits overcome some of the challenges that they are facing what specific services does Proofpact offer to nonprofits? Can you also briefly explain the different tiers and pricing options?
2: Sure, I can get into that a little bit. So Proofpact is a platform that helps nonprofits collect social proof. And I like to say that it helps nonprofits collect social proof when that social proof is ready to be given or at the right time. And so a perfect example of this would be when a donor makes a donation, immediately following that Let's say like on that donation redirect page, you would have a essentially a form that asks them how their experience was and then immediately asks them for their story. And they can leave their story in written form, in video form. And within Proofpact, you have what's called a story bank and or story library is what we call it. Story bank is the general term and can access all your stories there and things like video stories are transcribed so that you can search them and things of that nature. And so it's again a way to collect social proof and leverage that social proof. We provide tools for things like widgets that you can put on your website and things of that nature that cycle through stories and and so on and so forth. And you asked about the plan. So there is a free tier. It is free to collect you can collect unlimited written stories with Proofpact and Uh, if you do want video stories for instance that's the next tier up we do host those stories in the cloud and there's tiers that are higher you can get into things that allow for what we call engagement routes where you can deliver certain content specific to let's say a donor who said they had a positive experience you can now tailor what content they see after they share their story or if it was a volunteer that had a negative experience for instance you can tailor that too and Hopefully, you know, the idea there is if there's a negative experience had, you can uh, quickly mitigate and, and, and remedy the situation.
0: When you said collecting stories from the audience of these nonprofits, is the goal to find out the motivation behind why something was selected? Like why a certain box was checked to understand more of the consumer or donor journey?
2: Yeah, that I would say is is a big one. I would also say that Another reason to collect stories is to show relatability and to create a sense of community. And so, when, for instance, you place these donor stories next to a donation form, it's really easy for other donors to say, or potential donors to say, Oh, I relate to that, or other volunteers to say, Oh, I can totally sympathize, or I totally relate. I want to help too. Or, you know, a board member saying, you know, something and then other board members getting on board there's many reasons why you would want to collect these stories but you're exactly right it's in the moment getting to know what motivated them to take part in whatever it might be within your organization
1: i think i'm having a hard time understanding so you're collecting information via a form and that's all going into you know a database or if it's a video it's going into the cloud but i think at that point that's more where the ai kicks in right it's kind of combing through the information that has been given it and then selecting specific user experiences based on that information?
2: Yeah, so that's a good question. How AI ties into all this. I'd say that, so Proofpack started out with no real AI integration. Over time, it's gotten a little bit more. And so for instance, you know, one of the things that we're getting ready to implement is that a perfect example for generative AI would be somebody leaves a story You can then get follow-up interview questions based on that story with generative AI. So those are kind of like prompted back to you based on what original story uh, details were. And you can get, you know, obviously you can edit those, but you can get some good starting points.
1: Got it. And what types of nonprofit organizations does your company typically work with?
2: Rather than types, I would say size. I would say the original intent with Proof Pact was to help the small to medium-sized nonprofits
1: got it and is that more because smaller medium-sized nonprofits might not have those structures set up to collect feedback and you know tailor yeah, it's that experience
2: exactly one story that i've heard over and over is that you know we've tried to collect reviews and we typically send out you know every 6 months we send out a questionnaire and three people fill it out and then that's it and so i thought to myself well you know most of the nonprofits that are small to medium size have like a Wix or WordPress website or Squarespace, whatever might be building something that they can integrate there with their fundraising tool of choice makes a heck of a lot of sense and makes it easy for them to in the moment, collect those stories versus waiting, you know, even an hour to send an email, right? Like that's the downfall is the time in between the less chance that someone's going to leave a story.
0: And how is Proofpack collecting that information to be able to obtain that instant reaction from the audience? Is it just from them browsing the web or is there another way that you are gathering that information?
2: We offer things like QR codes, like shortened social URLs. The biggest one though, is we do host a page that uh, nonprofits can link to, or we offer that as an embed option. So you can copy a snippet of code and embed that directly on your website and uh, an example there would be you know let's say that somebody does donate that redirect URL after the donation back to your website that's the perfect page to put the proof pack story collection form on
0: Dave, you're describing exactly our situation. We're using Wix as our tool to design our website. And like you said, we don't always get the forms filled out and our engagement rate is not as high as we want them to be. So I think your tool is excellent in providing that kind of assistance for us. Yeah, thanks. Would you be able to provide some successful examples of nonprofit organizations that you have worked with who have effectively utilized Proofpack services to achieve their mission and their goals?
2: Yeah, there's a few that stand out. And I would say that uh, Humans for Education is one that I would say is, is doing a, a good job. They have the, actually, I think theirs are on their homepage. They have one of the story sliders right there next to their donation form. Heroic Hearts Project is another one that I know is uh, redirecting to the story collection form on their donor thank you page, if you will.
0: Do you see the engagement rate increase after using the services? What has been the difference after them being one of your clients?
2: I think obviously they're getting a lot more input as to you know why people are doing a certain thing. They're getting more emotional feedback, I guess, is, is a good way to put that. And I think it's building a stronger sense of community for the ones that are implementing it as suggested.
0: So
1: in the event that a nonprofit organization decides to engage with Proof Pact and use its services, what steps should they take to make sure they're adequately prepared for the partnership?
2: It's a good question. I think that they should be ready to think about how they want to build their community. And I think that that's, again, through storytelling, it's a little bit of a change in thought and process of how I think nonprofits look at storytelling in that this is storytelling that is community generated storytelling and is not, you know, nonprofit brand or nonprofit from the top down storytelling. So it's a little bit different. I'm not saying that you need to do away with the nonprofit brand story or the origin story or the mission story, but these things all kind of the user generated content can be injected there. And that really lifts up your community's voice. I think that's the the biggest process in terms of thinking about storytelling a little bit differently.
0: That helps. I think we might want to try it out ourselves. And probably that's those good. are some of the <laughs> topics that we want to think about before reaching out to you again, Dave. If our listeners are curious and want to reach out to you for more details about your services, where can they find you?
2: On LinkedIn, that would be a good one. I try to do quite a few posts a week on LinkedIn. I also have a newsletter that it's called Future Frontier, and it is weekly AI news from last week. You can also find more information on Proofpack.com. And you can find more information about the AI side of things on boldcrow.ai.
1: Great. We'll make sure we link everything in the show notes. Dave, I want to express our heartfelt gratitude for your participation in this episode of Everything Nonprofit. Your insights on AI and the nonprofit sector have been incredibly valuable, and we truly appreciate your knowledge. Your contribution has shed light on important topics that we are very much unfamiliar with. Um, So thank you for opening our eyes to new possibilities.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of Everything Nonprofit. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. Thank you for listening. Until next time.